Hi everyone, this is Dan Teller of Matrix Solutions, and today on the podcast, we have a really great interview with Tom Ray, who's the Executive Vice President of Jim Doyle & Associates. Uh, he's been in the sales and selling game for years, um, and has touched a, a ton of different industries, and most recently has a book out called Branding is Out, Results are In, Lessons for the Local Advertiser, which we talk about on the podcast. There'll be a link for that book if you're interested in the show notes on the blog post on matrixformedia.com. And also, another thing I want to touch upon is our Media Sales Symposium is coming up in January in San Francisco. It has an all-star lineup um, where we'll be touching upon digital, programmatic, sales techniques, sales processes, how to hire the right people. We'll have workshops and breakout sessions, amazing networking opportunities. We bring a really diverse crowd of people that have a lot of really great ideas and case studies and thoughts they want to share. It's a very lively event, and we hope you come. Uh, so matrixmedia.com slash conference for more information about that. And enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, this is Dan Tellerico from Matrix Solutions, and today I have Tom Ray on the show or podcast. Tom, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Thanks, Dan. Happy to join you today. I'm Tom Ray. I'm uh, the executive vice president of Jim Doyle and Associates, and uh, we're a company that uh, uh, works with media outlets. to help those media outlets, local advertisers earn better results. And that's what I do. I I work with every car dealer, furniture store, personal injury attorney. My focus is the local advertiser. And uh, uh, that's my passion. And on on the local side, because I think that's probably where a lot of opportunities are right now um what do you see what do you see like changing the most there like what what's new is happening um are people focused on technology is it more like grassrootsy are you seeing any sort of trends there well sure uh and i think um you know the the biggest problem is is it just changes so quickly and you know imagine yourself as uh a heating and cooling guy Okay. And uh, you know you're really good. You, you you study your trade. You've got a hard time finding good people. That's every local business's issue today. Um, and by the way, uh, you should put on your marketing cap every now and again because you got to market your business and advertise your business. Well, they struggle with that. Uh, it used to be a lot easier, seemingly, because there was just less competition, less options. But now their heads are spinning. Most they are so confused. There's this whole, you know, traditional versus digital uh, uh, conflict that they deal with when, in fact, it's really not a conflict if they understood that the two work quite well together. Oh, they're like so, best yeah. friends. Yeah, well, no no question. In fact, uh, the word that we like to use is tradigital. And uh, when I say that word, uh, in, I do a lot of what we call client seminars where I'll speak in front of, you know, 30, 40, 50 local advertisers in a community from all kinds of categories. And I kind of bait them in, Dan. I kind of say, how many of you are struggling with this traditional versus digital mm-hmm. battle of the ages, as it's being called? And they all nod their heads up and down in agreement. Oh, yeah, I, I deal with that. And then I kind of, you know, throw them a curveball and say, well, it's not a conflict. It's not yeah. a battle. You have to understand that they work well together. 
and the word that we like to use is tradigital. Why do so many years. people see them as like conflicts? Is it because they only have like um, so many ad dollars and then they have to like choose which one they think is most effective? I think that's exactly the case. Um, and by the way, nobody is coming to an advertising seminar to learn how to do TV better anymore. Nobody is coming to uh, to hear some out-of-town expert tell them how to do radio better anymore because they think that they do it well. What The only reason they'll come is to gain additional digital insights because they're all struggling there. And I think that traditional versus digital conflict is, as you just mentioned, it's probably uh, uh, born from, um, you know, I've got a limited budget. I used to spend it over here. Now I've got this whole digital platform that's tapping into it, uh, and uh, and and it's starting to suck dollars away. So uh, that's that's the biggest issue. So do you think, from the point of view of like, if you're a media company, publisher, TV station, radio station, do you think there's a big opportunity for those people to come in and? kind of shepherd these local advertisers and be like, hey, listen, let's work together. We'll put together a package. We know the industry. We know digital. Right. We know radio. Um, and we'll guide you down here. Do you see, like, media companies doing that? Well, certainly. And and that's, you know, that's the holy grail for all of these uh, media companies is to get to that position. The biggest problem with that is it may sound good, on paper or in a podcast, mm -hmm. but the local advertiser is struggling with that. And, and so I'll give you the perfect category, automotive. Now here, here is, uh, you know, local traditional media's biggest category, BU radio station, whatever. Uh, I, I work mostly with broadcast television, but my background is in radio, cable, broadcast, internet. Well, you've got, you know, the, the, the local broadcast television station. And for a number of years now, they have continued to build their digital toolkit. They have hired smart, smart digital uh, people to come in and manage and help and, and grow with the account executives. You stroll into a car dealer and the car dealer is looking at you going, wait a minute, Dan, you're, you're Dan from Channel 17. You've been selling me television advertising for five years. And now all of a sudden you want me to look at you as, as the digital guy as well? I got... 13 other people who are are working for digital pure plays, autotrader.com, cars.com, truecar.com, haystack.com, that are pure digital pure plays. Those are my digital people. You're my TV guy. And so therein lies the big conflict. And it's, you know, for a number of years now, it's been this battle to, you know, how do we how do we position ourselves as, oh no, we can help you with all of our digital elements as well. And there's a couple of schools of thought. Um, I actually like the idea that um, you've got your traditional seller and then you've got your digital seller on maybe a sub-branded digital agency uh, that is still owned under the same media company umbrella. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, I think that's... There's, I know there's a couple media companies that I've been that we kind of work with that do the exact same thing where they have like almost like an agency that right. lives inside, like they're like a foot away from the traditional sales department, but it's, exactly. they might as well be a separate business. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you, Dan, the biggest struggle though, is, is the conflict both internally and externally and internally, you know, it's, 
the advertiser who's going, you know, first of all, they can't get over the fact that that's a lot of money to give one entity. You got my you got my broadcast budget. Now you want my digital budget too. That's a lot of money. You know, I'm a little nervous there. There has to be a high level of trust developed, but also internally our struggles. And and it's you know it, it's it, it's not a pretty picture. And and I certainly have met with a lot of traditional media AEs who have now uh, carried the digital uh, flag out into their markets, but they struggle. They struggle with. You know, execution, they struggle with where do we distribute the budget. There's a lot of robbing Peter to pay Paul. And and I think we're finally, you know, coming to um, uh, better grips with that, where we're understanding it better. But, you know, it wasn't that long ago that there were, you know, a lot of people who were saying, you know, that, that digital money, well, all that did was come from my traditional budget. Right. You know, and nobody wants that. You know, that, that, that is that's not what the end goal is supposed to be. No, not at all. And that's, you know, I think it comes down to being able to educate. And I think like we were saying earlier is you could explain to someone how these all work in tandem because TV drives Google searches. And if you're on Google, then people will find you. And it's a perfect one-two punch, you know, of raising awareness, getting people to go to the digital side of things and then search for, you know, Tom Ray's great new book um, and then hopefully an, an ad pops up. Yeah. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. And in fact, uh, earlier this week I was in a market and I did, uh, the client seminar scenario, uh, two days worth, two morning sessions, but I did the first half, which was all on traditional. And then they had their digital agency come in and they carried the second half of the presentation. And, um, uh, they actually did a wonderful, wonderful job of referencing, you know, and, and it's what, like Tom said, for traditional, that carries over into okay. digital. Uh-huh. And they kept drawing the parallels before between the two. And that was fun to watch, you know, the, the local advertising community, you know, kind of see the light bulbs go out, go off over their head and say, oh, okay, now I get it. I get it better. Yeah, and I think... That I know there's a couple like agencies within media companies here that I know do a lot of those seminars and educating um, because yeah. you want those light bulbs to go off because you want right. people to harness the amazing power of digital. I mean, the targeting and exactly. getting local and everything. It's, it's unreal what you could do nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So can I just share one more point with you? You know, so I know a lot of the people that, that um, uh, listen to the podcast, um, work for local broadcast companies, et cetera. One of the challenges that the local seller is dealing with is the boutique digital agency locally. So, um, you know, you're calling on your furniture store, your personal injury attorney, uh, heating and cooling guy, and they say, well, you know, we've just hired the local boutique digital ad agency. And I always, I always share with them and I say, go ask that client. Um, who do you think has more resources <laughs> to be the digital ad agency, the boutique three or four or, or eight person local ad agency or the 60 station around the country billion dollar broadcast company that is constantly spending money to be a leader in the digital space? And, and, you know, to me, that's a that's a pretty easy answer to come up with. You know, you can hit your cart to 
you know, the local, you know, shop, but they only know what they know, as opposed to, um, you know, looking at me, even though I know you think of me as just your TV guy, but we've got all this digital uh, opportunity. And in fact, you know, our company spends millions of dollars in research and growing new product, et cetera. And we're implementing it in markets all across the country. So we're seeing quicker as to what's what's working, what's not working. So and I think that's the, that's the way to handle that objection. Well, it seems like there's a stigma against these traditional media companies then. And how does someone go about erasing that and competing with someone like a cool digital boutique who's like maybe in a co-working yeah. space and has, you know, full windows and like standing <laughs> desk and is like super hip. That's right. What do you and do? They just got, and they just got written up in the local business publication uh-huh. as the, you know, the cool play. And trust me, I worked at one of those places and it was a blast. <laughs> it was, it was great. Um, again, I think, you know, how, what, how do you deal with that? I, I think uh, number one, the rational argument is, um, you know, look, this is a, an enormous media company. Uh, and we are th- that is now investing incredible amounts of money in the digital space to be on top of what's working, what's not working, you know, more so than what that little boutique shop can do. The other way is the same way, the same uh, concept that we as a consulting company have shared for decades, and that is facts tell, but stories sell. So, so what are your, as a media company's digital success stories, and you don't need one or two, you need seven, eight, nine, 15, 20 stories of local advertisers that you've helped earn better results. And it has to be quantified and defined, not just, um, you know, uh, we, we got them impressions. They're, they're not right. buying impressions. The best you know, they're metric. They're trying to sell a product or service. You know, tell me those success stories. So, so, so kind of pivoting real quick over you, you wrote a book recently, which is part of the reason why you're on here. Um, what it's called branding is out results are in lessons for the local advertiser. Um, yeah. Could you not decide which title you wanted to use? So you just did put them all together, put them both together. <laughs> so, um, Again, the client seminar is my favorite thing to do uh, in my all of my responsibilities here here at our company, and um, I've been doing you know traveling three weeks every month for the past you know thirteen years. Um, the past nine of which have been to deliver this seminar in various forms. It evolves, it changes, and it was a good seven or eight years ago that. I just got tired of seeing local advertisers run pure branding campaigns. And I'm the guy who gets the emails from account executives all over the country saying, help, Tom, I've had my client on the air for two months and they're, they're, they're wanting to pull off because they say it's not working. And I say, send me the creative. And I see the creative and I can tell you exactly why it's not working because it's branding blah, blah in business since 1997, serving the uh, local uh, community with the finest and the best customer service and blah, 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 family owned and operate. Nobody cares. And by the way, you didn't ask me to do a darn thing. Right. Where's that call to action? Yeah. 25 years ago, you could get away with that. Mm -hmm. Today, no way. So I just, 
you know, it was born out of, you know, being upset. And I came out with the line, branding is out and results are in for the local advertiser. It, it's meant to be a provocative title. When I say it in front of an audience of local advertisers, I can tell you exactly who the marketing directors are of the local bank oh. or the hospital. Because they're I offended. You, yes, they're totally offended. I can tell you exactly who the agency people are in the room because they all sit back, they fold their arms in front of them, and they give me a look like, who is this guy? But when I say, I follow up and I say, okay, let me ask a, a very simple question. Uh, you know, if I'm going to stand in front of you and boldly proclaim that branding is out, results are in, let me ask a simple question. How many of you have ever said this in your local advertising history? Well, we spend money on advertising just to keep our name out there. You know, or or we we spend money on advertising for top of mind awareness. Sure. Well, I don't know about you, but I haven't met any local advertisers today that have the patience nor the budget to simply advertise just to keep my name out there. Just for the fun I of it. Want, yeah, I want you to be much more strategic, much more deliberate than that. For you, the local advertiser, which is the reason for the subtitle, Lessons for the Local Advertiser. And I come right out and say, if you're Verizon, if you're Apple, if you're Budweiser, I'm not your guy. If you're a big national entity with a great big branding budget, by all means, brand away. But for that heating and cooling company, that personal injury attorney, furniture store, car dealership, local advertiser, where every dollar has to count, you better be doing more than just saying, hey, we're really nice people that'll serve you well. And, so, and once I explain that, you can see the defenses start to come down. The, again, the official marketing people, marketing directors, agency folks, they're not quite ready to let me off the hook. That local advertiser, that plumber is going, oh, my God, I totally get it. And then I share examples of, you know, same category branding campaign versus same category creative with a call to action and a deadline. Which one do you think worked better? And then then they all kind of get it. Oh, all right. I understand now. And I think with digital, there's just so many opportunities out there to capture someone's information and attention and drive them to an action, whether it's liking a page or calling directly from an ad, right? Like mobile searches are huge. And if you could have a PPC ad there and they Google, you know, Tom Ray's heating and cooling and call right from there, um, branding doesn't matter. To an extent, because you are driving those really like um, great actions from your advertising. Well, yeah, and no, and especially that many of the digital touch points are happening towards the bottom of the the funnel, where they're much closer to a point of decision or a point of action. So, yeah, by all means, you know, uh, you know, a mobile ad, you know, is great, but you know, rather than saying. Uh, you know, uh, Dan Tallarico Automotive Group, where we treat you nice, instead put up an ad that says Dan Tallarico Motors, uh, always more than uh, 50 cars under $10,000. You know, make it make it meaningful. Um, you know, it's funny. I almost didn't title the book that way. Um and then after some discussions internally, you know, it's like, look, that's your signature statement. That's your provocative statement. It gets attention. Um, uh, 
Uh, and so I, I, I thought it best and said, all right, let's go for it. <laughs> no, I, I like it a lot. And especially nowadays, I think, you know, brand's a weird thing because to an extent you could do all you want to define your brand, but it's really what the consumer thinks of you at the end of the day. And You're so, you, yeah, yeah that's, go ahead. That, I was just going to say, that's one of the biggest mistakes that, that, advertisers make is they think they define their brand. Well, you don't define your brand. The, the community, the, the consumers define your brand. And, and by the way, and I, I, I should really add this as, as a caveat, um, I'm not an anti-brand guy. Brands are important. Jim Doyle and Associates, we're a brand. Everything we do is to grow our brand, to protect our brand. Every business out there is a brand. And, and you know, and your brand is defined by the colors you choose, the fonts you choose, the way you answer the phone, the community involvement you decide to support, um, and it, it needs to be, uh, uh, ra- you know, radical consistency with your brand. But my book is about advertising, and while um, all branding is advertising, all advertising is not branding. There's the, that old line. So. Um, you know, sure, you got to take care of your brand. You got to be consistent with it. You got to do all those other things. But when it comes to spending local advertising dollars, it's not good enough anymore to just say, uh, you know, uh, we treat you better. So from a media point of view, how does this kind of change the way they sell? Should they be focusing more on RI and exactly what the advertiser wants? Well, isn't that the beauty of it? Yeah, you're so right. Um, and I don't know if it changes the way we sell, um, uh, meaning, you know, I, I hope that we were selling like that all along. I, I think it, it, it first of all, it, it most dra- dramatically impacts the creative. Uh, you know, again, I, I think if, if, I, if someone, you know, really held my feet to the fire on a, um, you know, one most important thing, it would be get the creative right. And, and, you know, instead of branding, make sure you have an offer, make sure you have a good call to action. Uh, uh, you know, that, you know, that I think is probably most important, uh, but no question about ROI. And the beauty is once you have an offer, once you have a deadline, it's way easier to calculate ROI. You know, uh, how many times have we heard people say, you know, I tried it. It didn't work or or, or the classic line, 50 percent of my advertising works. I just wish I knew which 50 percent. Sure. Yeah. Ha ha. That's <laughs> not funny. That breaks my heart as a professional marketer. If I was spending thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on advertising, I would surely want to know what's working and what's not working. And, you know, one easy way to get closer to knowing and that's by having an offer, by having a deadline, by having a very specific call to action, and then being able to sit back and and, and accept the data, be it um, you know site traffic or downloads or purchase whatever, and know okay in this period of time when we ran this campaign and told people to take this action, it, it worked or it didn't. So with a focus on ROI, and let me just throw this out there. As a, a traditional media seller, will they kind of back away from digital then? Because there's like a, you know if it worked or didn't. And they're afraid if their client doesn't see that's working, that they'll stop advertising. And so that's why they may be, oh, let's just do radio and TV where it's a little harder to quantify. 
you know, I don't know that I see that much. In fact, um, I would contend that certainly as of a couple of years ago, there was even a, a bigger excitement to sell digital because you could track it. Um, at least that was that that was part of the pitch and should have been part of the pitch. Pitch, terrible word, presentation to take to the local advertiser. Here's the beauty with these tools is they're completely trackable. I think a lot of the responsibility rests on on both parties um, because while it's trackable, if if the client isn't tracking, you know, then then that kind of defeats the whole purpose. Um, and again, you know, you work with a plumber, you work with a heating and cooling company. They wear so many hats. They do so many different things. Um, you know, when it comes time to say, Hey, did it work or not? Well, I, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, yeah, you to hear that. right. Yeah. And I think right. now, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've always liked including ROI in my presentation. Uh, because it helps manage expectations. What has to happen in order for you and I to say that was money well spent? And if you never have that conversation, and this is, and that's ROI, a definition of ROI light, you know, in its most simple sense. Because um, if you never have those conversations, then it's the, you know, the, the classic account executive who closes a piece of business. Uh, throws a couple of notes over the wall to the to the creative department. They whip something up. You know, it gets aired, uh, however that may be. And then the the account executive is afraid to go see the client because you know you don't know if it, you don't want to hear the results. Sure, yeah. You don't want to no know. news. That's good news. Exactly. And if I can get away with a call at the end of the campaign to say, hey, you want to renew, not ever having to dig deep. You know, again, you can't. Nobody can do that anymore. Uh, you know, it's all way too trackable, way too scientific to try and survive with that type of, of an approach. And hopefully it makes the salesperson's job much easier because they could go, hey, listen, Tom, uh, you put in a thousand dollars and you got a hundred sign items. Um, let's do it again or, no, or let's tweak it. Right. And it should make yes. sales very analytical and data focused. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's a good thing. You know, that, that's, that's a really good thing that, uh, um, and I, and I, you know, I, I, I kind of, I'm not poking fun at, at the heating and cooling guy. I'm just pointing out how hard their job is and those people that run those companies, but, but I see them getting more and more sophisticated, uh, and, and, and really understanding they need to be more sophisticated. And, and I'm really thrilled with that. I know when uh, I bought my house, I had to get my sewer line inspected. I typed into Google, and I just basically clicked on the first phone number I saw because it was like, you know, I'm sure they're one and the same, right? How can different than a sewer line inspector be? <laughs> and so I called the guy. It was a Google ad, and he's like, oh, hey, how'd you about me? And um, I'm like, oh, Google ad. And he was like, wow, you're like the 10th person this week to like call me about this. And he like just started running these ads and have been hugely successful because no one else is doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think, uh, that's changing pretty quickly though. Uh, you know, I think, you know, well, first of all, there's so much money being spent on Google AdWords. We will fall off of our chairs as media sellers. 
you know, I tell this all the time, you'd fall off your chair if you knew how much money was being spent in your market on things like Google AdWords. It's incredible. Um, but again, I think they're getting more sophisticated quickly. And, uh, you know, if the sewer line guy has discovered Google AdWords, trust me, you know, the other more common services such mm-hmm. like plumbing, like heating and cooling, you know, they know, they're all there. They're all in that space. In fact, it's almost becoming less of a differentiator. Sure. You could really, you know, get a get a leg up on all of your competition because you were the first. You you had a better strategy. Now, you know the 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 playing field is much more balanced out. Absolutely, and that's kind of like a great thing about digital, and kind of a bad thing is that it does open up these advertising opportunities to so many people and. You know, that's just another thing a media company has to deal with, right? Because this heater and cooler could be like, ah, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. And, and you know, who doesn't like that? Google. Because they, you know, they know that, you know, these people that are trying to do it themselves, uh, many of them will fail in their first couple of attempts and, and give up. So that's why Google a few years ago was so interested in partnering with all the media companies to get people Google AdWords certified because they wanted smart marketers who, by the way, already had relationships with the local advertisers, who already had boots on the streets, to know how to do this properly so it would work better, so people would continue to do it and spend more. It is so telling that if you ever want support from Google, the only place you could get it is from AdWords. Like, they have no way to contact them unless you're like, I'm trying to spend money. Um, can you help me yes. with that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, when I, 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 I have since kind of dropped this part of the conversation from my, my client seminar, but, you know, I really stressed in front of the local advertising community, uh, you know, please understand Google's business model. They are an advertising machine and everything they do, and I don't fault them for this. Hell, I'm Google AdWords certified. You know, I don't fault them for it all, but just understand what drives every decision, you know? Right. Uh, you know, so, yeah, and, and they're good, and Facebook's better. Yeah, it's it's scary how targeted you could get. So, but from a media point of view, just kind of, kind of wrap this up, how do they leverage this? What does their future look like? And how do they help this local advertiser? Uh, for... Help me out, Dan. So for anyone, you know, how can my book help somebody help their local advertiser? Let's start there. Yeah. So your book, which is a series of like really smart anecdotes, bite size. I love it. It's very digestible and educational. Um, (laughs) Someone reading this, what do you hope they take away? So here's who I wrote it for. Um, I really hope that local advertisers discover uh, this book and thank you. It's, it's, you know, it's 30 something chapters in 190 pages because each chapter is a whopping three or four pages yeah, long, I love real it. short, real, real bite-sized chunks. All. So I want anyone who, who touches an advertising budget, be they, again, the owner of, of a business who spends money on local advertising, they would benefit by this book. Um, by just learning lesson after lesson through years of experiences. This is all I've ever done is help local advertisers. So it's part creative. It's part strategy. There's a lot of digital insights. 
A book is also what I call media agnostic. It is not, I do not point to one medium over another and say, you know, here's why uh, TV is better than radio, which is better than print, which is better than yellow pages. It, it, it's none of that. Um, it's less about the medium and more about you know, strategy and getting creative right. So it's good for, uh, again, the, you know, the local main street business. It's good for any media person, uh, be they radio rep, TV rep, cable rep, newspaper, who calls on those businesses and helps them with their advertising. It's for their creative department. It's for anyone who's at an ad agency who wants to be more helpful to those clients that they serve. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, bite-sized chunks and it's a lot of myths dispelled. You know, I, I, I talked pretty early on about the myth of the three frequency, um, because today I still hear media reps tell their clients, well, what you really want to do is try and achieve a three frequency. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, where are you going with that? So it's a lot of those, you know, uh, uh, corrective, uh, lessons, um, uh, you know, I'm not a big media mix guy, meaning rather than, you know, being in 15 different places, I'd rather see you in the three or four that are most appropriate uh, and, and dominate. So, again, just good lessons for anyone who affects an advertising budget. Yeah, and I will say it is very honest and forthcoming and no BS. <laughs> I'd say BS free. You could put that in front of the book. Um, it's good. It's good. Lessons that I think come from years of being frustrated, being with people just spouting off nonsense and not making sense, and not importantly tying it to ROI. Exactly, exactly. A lot of anecdotes, a lot of fun stories, uh, and uh, I, I'm proud of it. It took uh, you know, it took 30 years of uh, understanding what's right and what's wrong, uh, and uh, I hope people enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah, it's great, and we'll have a link to it um in the podcast notes obviously um so tom any last words for the listeners out there um yeah yeah i, I do uh, again um understanding who i think your audience is uh look uh you can't rest uh, on your heels uh this this business helping people earn better results with their advertising dollars uh this changes so quickly that whatever you thought, you know, worked last year may change this year. Um, some of the rules are longstanding, but there's so many different opportunities uh, for your local advertisers to spend money. Uh, everyone's looking for the next, um, uh, you know, gold nugget or, you know, the next uh, silver bullet. Uh, and, you know, it may or may not be out there, but we just constantly got to be getting better. Um, and uh, so I, that's why you know, for those of your listeners that take the time to listen to a podcast like this, that's why, you know, kudos to you. Uh, you're looking for ways to, uh, you know, expand your knowledge base and make yourself you know, potentially a, a better marketer and a better partner to the people you serve. So, um, you know, self-education, there's so much good content out there. Just go seek it and find it and constantly look to make yourself better. That's right. Always be growing. Hi, everyone. This is Dan Tellerico from Matrix Solutions. And thank you so much for listening to another great Matrix Media Sales podcast. That was Tom Ray. Of course, his book is out. 
Branding is out, results are in, lessons for the local advertiser. And if you like your discussion about continuous improvement and self-education, consider attending our Media Cell Symposium, which is being held this January in San Francisco. We're going to have an awesome lineup of speakers, you know, thought-provoking innovators in the field of media sales. We're going to have talks about sales processes, how to grow a sales team, and amazing networking opportunities. And it's going to be a really fun, lively event, unlike other events you've been to. So definitely check that out, matrixformedia.com slash conference. And thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.